1: Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Our goal, get to 6 p.m. Eastern. Kicking things off at 3, getting you to 6 through your workday, closer to the weekend. Across the network, which includes the YouTube channel, subscribe. You can join Chad in the chat there. You can also listen to this great radio partner each and every day live, and we appreciate it that as well. In fact, John
2: uh, Blackwell in the YouTube chat says he had trouble finding the show. He was looking for our old account on YouTube and said, is this show just on OutKick now? Yes, John, we are just on OutKick now, so happy that you found us on YouTube on the
1: OutKick feed is where you can find us there daily. With the millions. John McClain uh, joins us in 20 minutes. Kurt Schilling and Mike Renner uh, coming up uh, later in the show. Chad, last night we watched preseason football for no other reason than it was entertaining, and it was a streak that is absolutely meaningless—twenty-four straight preseason wins for the Baltimore Ravens. It was snapped by the Washington Commanders. They've ended some streaks. You know, they—they've had the—they—they've uh, they've beaten the the unbeaten's in recent years. They've got the, you know, the eleven and zero. They come into Washington, they leave 11-1. and But we'll always remember when Baltimore left with a new streak of 0-1 and in the preseason. It really is
2: amazing. As I watched the end of that game last night, and I I turned over late, Washington gets the ball, inside their own 20, having to go down and kick a field goal to win it. They're able to do that with Jake Fromm at at quarterback. And watching the level of energy on both (laughs) sidelines, and I'm not talking just about the commanders, going nuts when they hit that field goal and win it. And the crowd even, late uh, late in a preseason game, I mean, it's usually – you move up and pick your own seat on the 50-yard line on the sideline if you want. People can move around the stadium because people are exiting by halftime if they show up at all for NFL preseason games In most of these games. But crowd was into it. Josh Harris, the new owners, into it. Jake Fromm is into it. Yeah. He's leading his team like it's uh, January and he's in the playoffs to beat Baltimore, Harbaugh is into it on the sideline. John Harbaugh is getting into it with the officials. You got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman enjoying it. It was fun. So for all of the jokes and everything else about a meaningless streak, and yes, it was meaningless, it meant something for one night. And I'm not just talking about the commanders ending it. It meant something to the Ravens. You could tell that it meant something as they were watching that finish of that preseason game. I laugh as I say it. That preseason NFL game, and everyone was into it, me included. I enjoyed watching the end of that game. So this is going to be something that was joked about last night and joked about for a while. And when it's over, you realize, okay, that's out of the way. The streak is over. We don't have to talk about it now. But I also look back, Hutton, and think, will we not talk about it? Because it's pretty damn incredible to win that many preseason NFL games in a row. I feel like we're going to psych that streak for every NFL preseason for years to come, and marvel at the fact that someone put enough into it or had enough breaks go their way with guys who didn't even make their roster playing in these games to come together and win that many in a row.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I guess the next time we have a lengthy streak in the preseason, we will discuss it. But the game itself, if we ever refer to that loss, uh, will be either the photo, the, the, the... screen grab of Joe Buck and Josh Harris and the limp hand, handshake that was not even a, a handshake offer from Buck. He was making a gesture in the booth and we had the, you know, I, I, I joked earlier, it was like the, the, you were helping a, a lady out of a car uh, as with, with <laughs> yes. the way that Harris ends up reaching out for the, the handshake. Uh, and number two, if Sam Howell becomes some legendary quarterback because he looked the part last night, that's all. I'll I won't go any further than that. I'm not going to buy into the hype of, of Sam Howell, uh, but Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell. If Bieniemy has this type of performance from Howell more consistently, like we saw in the first half yesterday, watch out. Terry McLaurin, by the way, injured late in the first half, uh, toe issue, toe sprain, and they did say that they they believe he'll be available for Week One against Arizona. So that's great news for Washington and for their starting quarterback, Sam Howe.
2: Toes can be tricky, Hud. Turf toe. That's not just said by people with a foot fetish. That's uh, <laughs> That's in life. Toes can be tricky. Football players. Chad,
1: Toes can be very tricky. We will remember the, this preseason performance and score and account of what we saw better than what some major newspapers and media companies oh. are doing across the country. And, uh, you know, uh, Uh, globally too, but specifically in our own backyards. Uh, Gannett, among those, they're not the only one, but Gannett is among those using AI to write sports recaps in local newspapers. Uh, Here's an example from the Columbus Dispatch of a high school recap. And again, uh, papers, they promote, we are local. You don't have to go, you're not going to get local coverage if you go to whatever .com you want to go to for your football coverage. Um, the Columbus Dispatch with this, and uh, the, the author is Lead AI. Uh, the, the headline, Westerville North escapes Westerville Central in thin win in Ohio high school football action. I won't go through all of this, but the details are so watered down, as you would expect. And at the end, the Warriors chalk this up to uh, chalked up the decision in spite of the Warhawks' spirited fourth-quarter performance. Uh, Trim the margin to make it 7-6 at halftime, is one of the sentences. Awful. Uh, right here in Music City, uh, we're, we're also seeing it, Chad, from uh, the Tennessean. Christ Presbyterian holds off Brentwood Academy in Tennessee high school football action. Again, it's more or less the same details. Uh, just insert school name here. Um, this is something that we are allowing. The companies aren't at fault, we are. And they are allowed to push a lazy product because for whatever reason, we allow them to stay in business for being lazy. Far too often, uh, there are tons of lazy people in sports media, tons. And those that work hard aren't rewarded for it because individually, as a sports public, we reward those who are lazy at what they do. This is not just cost-cutting. It's, it is playing into us being dumb in what we consume and not holding them more accountable. It is, Chad, it's my generation, your generation, that is raising soft, limp kids. And it's our generation that work for those that sell false advertisements that sell a bill of goods that they have no business putting out there when they don't back it up behind the scenes. Um, there are plenty of receipts to show this. This is out there for everyone to see. Cancel the subscriptions hit unsubscribe on YouTube. Don't comment when everyone's begging you to don't give a like because they asked you to, uh, hit the like button or comment and have a vote on this. No. Uh, Instead, actually give me some coverage that you claim that's what you're good at when you're really good at nothing. And far too often in this day and age, we are rewarding those who suck, that are so bad at what they do, they end up being good and they're propped up at worrying about the next 24 hours instead of the next week, month, year, and actually having a business plan. The business plan now for these media companies is to push garbage and actually get clicks and we're clicking on something that isn't written by a human being. I hate this and I'm part of the problem and I hate myself for it because we're allowing this to happen in the age bracket that I'm in. Hutton, you're
2: getting a ton of love right now in the YouTube chat and for good reason. That was very well said. I completely agree. I think that AI is eventually going to be one of the downfalls of our media uh, with other contributing factors. Um, uh, there's a lot of them that we we don't have to get into. I think social media is a part of the downfall of media as well. I long thought that we need more media outlets and I, and you know, when the internet came around and yes, I'm old enough to where I remember the internet coming into play in terms of media, I thought, man, this is great because this really gives an avenue for people that want to get into it. They can do something good. But what happened was so many people got into it and just did something really bad and really lazy and not good. And because so many people got into it and they were doing bad things, and some of them, unfortunately enough, were rewarded for doing bad and lazy things financially, then companies that should be above all of that and actually have a standard, like a Gannett, decided that they're going to do bad, dumb, lazy things also that does not serve their... Viewers, their readers, their customers at all. And now we've got kind of stuck in this cycle. So for years and years, I thought more media is the answer. We need more people doing good things. We do need more people doing good things, but maybe the answer is less media actually doing the right thing and actually doing something that is good and not thinking immediately about what is, what is this? How can we save money? How can we do this? Let's do something good and see if the money follows. Maybe that should be the first question from a lot of media. That's out there. So this AI deal makes me sick when I see this now with high school football coverage, and it's not going away. That's the sad truth about all of this. It's it's going to continue because the
1: backlash is not enough. But again, we allow this good enough mentality. Oh, well, they had a good write-up about the, the big high school game down the street. So at the bottom of this story in the Columbus Dispatch, and the same for the Tennessean here. You're reading a news brief powered by ScoreStream. The world leader in, f- in fan-driven sports results and conversation. Uh, no. Uh, the world leader in pure laziness joined the long line of liars and fakes that are running companies or brands or, better yet, algorithms. You know who you are and you know what you're doing. And unfortunately, there are so many sheep that it, it, I'm specifically looking at the sports angle of this, that have allowed this to take place. And it sucks. It absolutely sucks. Uh, you, you can't get a game recap or a quote from the locker room from a computer. Uh, you simply fill in the blank, and then you add another link to it to try to get those to click on the next game recap. That will include, uh, in, in a Nashville's paper, the line is, CPA won a Tennessee high school football matchup. <laughs> You're kidding me. CPA won a Tennessee high school football matchup last weekend. It sounds like it was written game? in Beijing. Yeah. Might as well have been. But for whatever reason, uh, we're, we're just getting started with this. But when I say that, we're just getting started with this because, again, everyone just falls into line because no one speaks up and actually is authentic, even though they claim – it, when they claim to be, if they're not really behind the scenes, when it's easy and lazy to get away with it. I'm sick of it. I, I, we
2: could probably play a, a game on the show of brand or algorithm when you just say something, a company, and people could immediately guess brand
1: versus Buy algorithm. the brands. All of them. Give your loyalty yeah. to the brands. Be, be loyal to
2: brands that you trust and that you like and those that you think are actually trying to do good work. And do a good job. We've gotten detached from this, and I I hate it. But there are so many people that when I think about people in sports, I don't think – Kirk Herbstreit's a good example. Kirk Herbstreit, to me, his brand is that he's just good at doing college football.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Right? It's not – there's not another flavor to it. There's not a leaning into one thing or the other to produce algorithmic results on YouTube or online or anywhere else. Kirk Herbstreet, his brand is good. Now, he had to get an opportunity from ESPN to display that brand. But now I look at Kirk Herbstreet, I don't think ESPN when I think Kirk Herbstreet. ESPN is its own brand, and it's been built over years. Now, you could argue whether that brand is now good or toxic or whatever, but they have a brand. Kirk Herbstreet built his brand through ESPN. But in my opinion, Kirk Herbstreet's brand is good. And you think I, football? You I, don't think ESPN? Yes, I would love to get more people, more outlets, more shows, whatever it may be. Where I look at them and I think that brand is is good. They they know what they are, and they are that brand. Less about well, what do you think would work with this or that? Right? Well, no, no. There's even just that. not. There's not enough of that. Well, they, I wish. They I wish of the... people
1: valued quality and media yeah. more. Instead, they value paying for subscribers. And and, and propping up a number at the bottom of a screen.
2: I don't know how on earth you anyone is still subscribed to a Gannett publication online. I I don't know why. Well, the pitch would be you're
1: getting local coverage.
2: And And, look, we're looking at it
1: from a sports perspective. Don't don't even cover. Don't even try to fake covering the game.
2: Well, is there a um, is there a reason with local news with some of these that I guess that you would you want to pay for a subscription maybe? But from a, a sports perspective, I see these types of stories and see how it's all. Essentially, I think Ali. I'm going to credit her in our, our YouTube chat. A lot of people chiming in on this. Said basically the Tennessean and other Gannett sites and papers, they're BuzzFeed. They're just yeah. aggregating national stories and then they're churning it out like, to a local my, audience. My
1: complaint is no longer with Gannett. It's with us. We allow them to do this. Yeah. Netflix raises prices. Everyone bitches about it. And then you continue to pay the new price. You don't unsubscribe. Uh, you subscribe to a channel on YouTube. If they piss you off, unsubscribe. Like it, That's how you affect this. Instead of just following whatever the, the path is that they're leading us on, which is more of this crap. Instead of just leaving it out of their online coverage, they at least put the headline out there. You may not click on it, but they want you to perceive as if they covered the game locally. Because they'll put the score and the winner in the headline. That's to me that's false it's fake and its lying to the the paying public and putting it behind a paywall it's ridiculous and again it's on it's on us maybe those the cord cutters are saying hey we we cut out direct tv so we could do the the streaming services are building the same thing we already had and why you wanted to cut costs and cord cut and do everything a la carte now you're paying 20 bucks here five dollars here ten dollars here and the prices continue to rise. ESPN Plus costs you more than the monthly subscription to whatever you're paying with DirecTV that goes to ESPN currently. That's why they're wanting to push online content, why they're wanting to put it on your phone and not on your television screen. Coming up, John McClain joins us. A lot to discuss across the NFL. We'll lead with some quarterback discussion next on Hot Mic. Sixth and Peabody, our location with IHOP Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. A lot to discuss across the National Football League. Chad, we've made it at least to the final week of the preseason. Friday's just around the corner. We get through these games and then uh, cut down day next Tuesday. Then we're off to the regular season. Or wait, there's a two-week balance there that we have to go through before we get to week one on September the 10th. September the 8th on that Thursday night. John McClain. Always with us. Never have to wait past a uh, Tuesday for John, who joins us. SportsRadio610.com is where you can find all the podcasts and columns from the Pro Football Hall of Fame selector and member. John, good to see you.
3: Great to see you guys. Thank you.
1: Jonathan Taylor is able to go seek a trade. What is he going to find?
3: He's going to find that other teams don't want to pay him big bucks. You know, they got a problem. He's coming off injury last year that curtailed his season. Now he's hurt again. He's on PUP. And um, he wants big money, and they don't want to pay it to him. Uh, remember, Josh Jacobs couldn't find anybody interested in him at the kind of money he wants. Now I've seen a lot of reports by national media that act like teams are just going to line up. Well, You know what? They might line up. If he, takes, if he plays under his current contract and proves himself, because in his situation where he's currently injured, um, he's not going to get a new contract. So it won't surprise me at all if he does not get traded and then he goes on PUP to start the season, which means he has to miss four games. And uh, because, you know, he wants a contract now because he knows how fleeting it can be.
1: And And from the Colts' perspective – do, they, do you think they just believe that he won't find what he's asking for, the Colts won't get in return? I mean, Christian McCaffrey, may, all the picks may have added up to a first-round value, but it's not like they, the Panthers didn't receive a first-round pick in that trade with San Francisco a year ago. My point is, do the Colts believe that Taylor just comes back and play so he's not fined after he's removed from PUP? How does this play out from the Colts' perspective as to why they're allowing him permission to do this now compared to the end of July when Ursay was saying we're not trading him now, we're not trading him in October.
3: Well, that was just Jim Ursay mouthing off, which he's wont to do. But I think they want to prove to him he's not going to get what he wants anywhere. And they're not going to give him away. Christian McCaffrey brought a two as well as two or three other picks. And he was healthy when he was traded. He was not coming off a major injury like Jonathan Taylor is. You know, if okay. it's after Two years ago, when he had 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns, it wouldn't be a problem. But hey, he wouldn't, you know, he'd probably get a bigger contract. But it's a bad time for him to try to get more money. They don't have to do squat. But I think they want his agent, as well as him, to realize, okay, you know, we might redo your contract and offer you X. Nobody else is going to offer you more, but they're going to have to find out on their own.
2: Let's stick with the Colts, John. What in the world are the Colts thinking naming Anthony Richardson the starter as a rookie and then electing to not get him the preseason game reps after giving him the preseason game reps in game one?
3: That doesn't make much sense to me. I know like here, Texans have CJ's drought. He had a tough debut, two series. He was terrible. Came back first series, his past game against Miami. The offense was terrible. Then all of a sudden, boom. He completes five of six, making great throws on time to the sideline, quick shots over the middle on slant routes, perfectly thrown, got rid of the ball, and people look at that, and they go, aha, that's why he was the second overall pick. And he's going to play in his third preseason game against New Orleans. And Anthony Richardson, I'm surprised because he has the least experience as a starter and a reserve of any of the rookie quarterbacks and they need to play and not be babied
2: john were you like us and on the edge of your seat last night watching the washington commanders try to end that 24 game preseason winning streak by the baltimore ravens i i, I sure was
3: no chad like i was on the edge of my seat seeing that the astros could not get embarrassed like they did over the weekend getting wiped the mariners you wiped the floor with them in a three-game sweep and Minute made Park, and they had the Red Sox in there for four. I retweeted your tweet, something about that's the. I can't remember what it was, but it was <laughs> that' end, Thus so ends, like, ends
2: the most useless streak in the history of American yeah, that, sports that or something it. like that. Yeah,
3: that was it. It was amazing. Thanks how for much, the
2: retweet.
3: How much fun, pe- any time, how much fun people had making fun of that game and the streak and listening to Jim t- Harbaugh talk about that streak says a lot about our players what does it say about them? They want to win in preseason? They better win in regular season. Well,
2: what's funny about that, John, it says a lot about our players. I mean, a lot of which never made the team. Like, think about how many years you have to go through guys who are definitely going to get cut playing in preseason game number four or now three that are out there that aren't going to play on the roster that have to uphold that streak that they're going to be selling insurance two weeks from there. That's what's amazing yeah. about the streak to me.
3: Yeah, but, you know, 40 years, they can tell their kids and their grandkids, they were part (laughs) of one of the greatest streaks in NFL history. And when the kids and grandkids say, well, what was it, daddy and granddaddy? And he'll say, well... Well, we won 24 <laughs> games in a row. In the pantheon kind of,
2: of great streaks, John. Yeah, it'll they be, kind of
3: muffle the preseason. It'll
2: part. be Ripken, DiMaggio, hey. Ravens in the preseason. That's, yeah. what, we'll,
1: that's what we're going to tell hey. our
2: grandkids years from the now. The
1: commander's kicker last night may not kick anything in the regular season. Who knows? But he can show his grandkids, hey, I kicked in the playoffs. And the reaction <laughs> after that kick, anyone would buy it. <laughs> yeah. Legend.
0: Yeah.
3: Joey Sly, who was here when uh, Kaimi Fairbairn had an injury a few years ago. And uh, last night, everybody here was saying, Joey Sly,
1: legend. (laughs) John, uh, why is it good for Mahomes and Rodgers and Wilson and Allen and Tua? We can go through this list. Those guys are playing in the preseason. It may be six attempts. They're playing. Meanwhile, you've got Fields and Herbert and Richardson, as Chad mentioned. Tannehill, Prescott. They're not playing to play or not to play. And, and I also think about the coaches and the value of the guys that I've mentioned who actually take snaps in a game versus those that don't. There is a line there that some guys do and some guys don't, but the, the successful quarterbacks of the league, at least take a snap in live action, the preseason. What do you make of that?
3: It amazes me back when they had six preseason games, when I started covering the NFL and then four, not, not in recent years with the salary cap. It was all about the cap and the injuries. But back then, the quarterbacks played, and the closer you get to the pre- regular season, the more they played. Until the last game, they played three quarters because they wanted to step in the next week and an easy transition into playing a full game. And then when the salary cap was installed and everybody freaked out over the possibility of quarterbacks being injured, and you couldn't keep a real good one because they were going to get Better money to leave and coaches just freaked out. And the truth is, players spend so much time at the facility and they spend so much time working with their receivers and their center. It's not like it was in the old days where they all went off on their own and got jobs because they didn't have enough money and they didn't work out because they were working in regular nine to five jobs and started to get in shape in June. They're all in shape all year round. You know, they do everything they can to stay in the best possible condition because they know they can play longer make more money. But uh, And I think, by and large, I talked to a lot of older players, Hall of Fame players like Warren Moon, Robert Basile, Kenny Houston, and guys like that. And I say, do you guys remember having a lot of injuries when you played six games? And they said, no, they don't remember it. And uh, plus they had full contact in practice. But – and I, the, way, the reason it is is because of what all they do in the off-season at camp, off-season programs, and joint practices as well.
1: John, I, a previous segment, Chad and I had a long discussion on AI and the impact on media companies right now. It, I, I specifically grabbed two screen grabs of high school recaps that were written by Lead AI, was the author. Um, you were a longtime writer. Uh, you worked for Hearst with the Houston Chronicle. They also own the San Francisco uh, Chronicle, uh, the, I believe, Esquire Magazine, maybe a a few others as well. Yeah, a
3: lot of magazines and a lot of newspapers.
1: This was from Gannett specifically. But when you see the minimal effort, minimal effort is in a way to describe this. Uh, A game recap that literally just, you insert the team name here and the score here, and it's written virtually the same way, versus actually having human beings and local writers cover local teams in sports from someone that's done this for five decades what comes to mind for you
3: unfortunately ai is going to take the place of a lot of workers not just sports writers but people in all all kinds of occupations and um I, uh, a friend of mine sent me a story on me that he said he put in an ai and in 30 seconds it spit back this long story about me and the only thing it had wrong was i went to the university of houston instead of baylor and uh and so you're going to have mistakes unless you have copy editors they're getting rid of copy editors too and i feel sorry for people who like to read and like to read about sports because it's not going to be the same it's going to be all visual and uh but it's strange. It's very strange. I saw about five years ago, a high school football story put out like that. It took 15 seconds, and I read it, and I thought, man, this, this is pretty good for just the facts. But there's no opinion. All we got left today, when I write for sportsradio610.com, where all my columns are, I told the bosses, all we got anymore is our, our credibility and our opinion. So everything we write should have opinion. And, and people may agree and they may not because that's it. Any statue can get anywhere. And so the things about AI are not going to have opinion and they're not going to have a credibility. And I'm afraid at some point, long after I'm on the other side of the dirt, it's going to be different because people may not want opinion and flair.
1: And from the top down, it's perception and appearance. They want to appear as though they're covering local, but they're not. Uh, and there's no, there's uh, speaking of opinion, there's no digging there's no competition and there's no quote there's no there's no one getting a quote for reaction in what we're talking about it's starting on the lower level we will see it's si.com rolled this out last year as a a test run to see what it would be like it's it's crazy uh not just where we're headed but what we've allowed it to become as as, as, as consumers
3: it would be easier for high schools because most people know you have to write on Deadline. You don't go out and yeah. you don't even go in locker room. But just put a final that's score. That's where that's where it starts. Final score. Who scored? Who had what stat? And boom, it's out fast.
1: John, always great to catch up with you. Uh, next week, are we doing your Super Bowl predictions that you've nailed in recent years? Are we? Can we unveil that next week, or is that down? You got to wait a week for that.
3: We can do it anytime you guys okay. want. It's not going to be any better or any worse if we wait another week.
1: Okay. Uh, Chad and I will bring ours too next Tuesday. We look forward to that. John always has one, sometimes two, playing for the Lombardi Trophy. I feel like John gets it right every year. Yeah. He's like yeah, the opposite wish, of
2: Peter King.
3: I wish that were true. I think you guys have uh, spent too much time out at practice. No, I've. In the sun, but, I've, uh, backed, guys, I've backed your
1: opinion. So is Mattress Matt. You guys want
3: to keep perpetrating that myth? I'm all for it.
1: John, how much of... uh, It's not my opinion, it's AI's opinion that you're very good.
2: (laughs) John, how much of heat is mental? Like when it goes from 94 to 99 and you're under a heat advisory, but you weren't at, let's say, 92 or 91 the week before, how much of it is you're walking outside expecting it to be really hot, it is really hot, and that makes you hotter?
3: We've had 46 days with no rain and temperature over 100. Today (laughs) it's about 99. But the truth is, it's the humidity here. I keep hearing people in Arizona, oh, man, it's 120. You know, it's dry heat. You don't have yeah, humidity. Different, I, different. I go out every day at practice and sweat, and I'm used to it. It doesn't bother me. Troy Aikman said one time when it was 108, he said, once you hit 100, it doesn't matter if it's 105 <laughs> or 108. It all feels the same.
1: Feels like temperature should be the actual temperature. That's what I've contend- contended for years, John. I'll suck it. Hey, final final minute here. We've asked you a lot about uh, C.J. Stroud. What about Will Anderson? What can you tell us about the other first-round pick for Houston?
3: Will Anderson, third overall pick in the first round, had a great play against Miami, which he bolted off the line of scrimmage, flattened the running back, reached out, got a sack, stripped the ball, almost recovered the fumble. And we've been seeing that from him all along because they said they don't want to tie him down by thinking too much. They just see ball, get ball, and he's going to be tremendous.
1: John, you are as well. Appreciate you, and we'll catch up next week.
3: Thank you very much, guys, as always.
1: Yeah, there's John McClain. Thanks, John. SportsRadio610.com, at McClain underscore I underscore NFL is where you can follow John and see the retweet of Chad Withrow from last night. Enthralled in the game. I was in the most definitely. In, here is the end to the most meaningless streak in sports. Definitely enthralled. Did John say chad today? Uh, there's I
2: did, always I uh, did not hear in it. the YouTube chat, there's always an over-under on how many times he's uh, going to say chad when addressing me. And sometimes it becomes maybe so commonplace,
1: out, I, I let it go. I don't know if he used maybe one. Maybe he found out you're no longer driving a
2: a car. He said, "I only Cadillac guys who drive small sedans, <laughs> not truck guys." <laughs> he found that I was a truck guy, and he said, "No more Cadillacs for this
1: guy." Yeah, We're taking away some of the women that, down <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> well, there's no taking away John's women. <laughs> his
2: harem remains strong at all nope, times no and no in doubt. all
1: cities. Not just in Houston. Wherever John goes, the women flock. Coming up, not many great options for Jonathan Taylor in terms of trade partners, but I'm bringing three to the table that I at least think have to ponder the idea. That's next on Hot Mic. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and
2: how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: Here on OutKick. 6th and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chat is uh Chat's excellent. on fire today. Love it. Love, love hearing Loving
2: the chatters I love today w- in the chat.
1: We immediately go to break, and Chad says the chat is hopping. Which it's is hopping. Very good. People Wait. have
2: thoughts in the chat, Hutton, and they don't let those thoughts. They, they're not constrained good. by anything. Uh, they're, they're not being audited in any way in that chat. They're giving their full Zero thoughts on everything.
1: censorship. Yes, No Uh,
2: censorship in that chat.
1: uh, Coming Coming up, same can be said for Kurt Schilling. He'll join us in 20 minutes. Uh, Looking forward to that as we talk all things Major League Baseball. And Mike Renner, uh, in about 40 minutes from now, joins us in studio. We will discuss the the rookie crop coming into the NFL, what he's seen from the preseason, formerly a pro football focus. We also have to discuss
2: Mike Renner's hair when he was on The Bachelor. Or was it the The Bachelorette
1: he was on? Uh, the
2: Bachelor would be... He was He was not I, The Bachelor. He was on The Bachelorette. Oh, he was... Okay. So he was one of the... Uh, he was not The Bachelor. Like, there's The Bachelor and there's The Bachelorette. The, the Bachelorette bachelor, is paired with a bunch of I dudes. Got you.
1: He was one of a bunch of the dudes. Not The Dude. Jonathan Taylor's trying to be a Bachelor currently. He needs a trade partner. He's Trying to get rid of the girlfriend and the girlfriend's like, you know, if you can find something better, have at it. And so he's... His agent, they're shopping. They're trying to see what they can get If he were a free agent, the problem is the Colts get something in return, unlike free agency here. And it's difficult to look around the league right now in August um, at the backfields and knowing the value at running back, which is evident and apparent because it's hard to place Jonathan Taylor, uh, who is extremely valuable in production Uh, a year ago, uh, came off a season where he's averaging five and a half yards per carry. Now he's on PUP. Now he's disgruntled. He wants to get paid. He's going into the final of his deal. He doesn't want to get franchise tagged, but if he stays in Indy, that's the, in all likelihood what happens unless they waive that to have him come back. Point being, Chad, I've picked three teams that I think could be landing spots for Jonathan Taylor. I'm not here to say that I think all three are slam dunk options, but I do think those franchises should at least ponder the idea And it starts at at the top, in really no particular order, but I do think there is a top shelf to this. Chicago comes to mind, first and foremost. $16 million is what they have in cap space. All right, so I'm I'm taking that into account. But also, style of offense. And yeah, while they have, they've invested in in Herbert, they have Deontay Foreman, what they don't have is the dynamic playmaking ability of what Jonathan Taylor brings when he's healthy. I know there's a question there. Again, that's why it's a difficult list to follow, to, to, to find three teams that would pick up the phone and be willing to trade what San Francisco did to pick up Christian McCaffrey, but also Justin Fields. And this is the chips in the middle of the table. And next year, Chicago has like $50 million in cap space as a projection. I, I, I think they are available to make a big jump from a scrub team to be that fringe playoff team in their division, they at least have to ponder what could we do with Jonathan Taylor as the alpha back instead of by committee and how they're structured with their quarterback. I like those options. Uh, The Carolina Panthers should also pick up the phone. They have Miles Sanders and Hubbard in their backfield. They have a rookie quarterback that's why i think it's so detrimental to indianapolis because they don't have the lead back to take care of a rookie as he's going through the multiple hurdles that we will see anthony richard richardson go through the same can be said for bryce young behind what is a shaky offensive line the run game is going to be paramount to have any type of success for the number one overall pick right out of the gate normally it doesn't happen You do want to kind of steady the ship. And right now, with Frank Reich and Bryce Young, Reich would know him very well. And that's why I look to Carolina, who just traded another back for three picks last year, second, third, and fourth round picks last year, or this year, I should say, and then next year's fifth round pick is what they got in return from San Francisco. You don't have to give up that much for Jonathan Taylor here. And finally, a flyer, Kansas City. For those that laugh at this, think about what they invested in not too long ago. They spent a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who has been injured more than productive. That same draft, they passed on Jonathan Taylor. They've also passed on other backs, and it's been by committee. But they are very pass-heavy, and I don't think they necessarily want to be as pass-heavy as they've been Even though they've lost on some of those pass options, they haven't necessarily taken a big step forward in the run game. They can by potentially making a call here. They would need to do it on a bargain. They've got a $4 million base salary with him, and they still have a restructure for Patrick Mahomes that can free up a ton of space. Do they want to do it? I think they at least have to have the discussion down the hallway. Do they pick up the phone? Who knows? But maybe it's just a shout. Hey! Should we? Should we call Indy? I would pick up the phone and call Indy.
2: So we know this has to do with trade partner and what they get in return and all that to make sense. But if Jonathan Taylor had his pick, obviously if you want to go win, you go to Kansas City if you're picking. Where is he putting up the most numbers, though, Carolina see, or Chicago? I think
1: the numbers for him are in the bank account. That's what sucks. Like, yeah. I, that, that's what this is about. Uh, it's but not, he's not
2: going to get what he wants. But if
1: he, if he puts up numbers that doesn't guarantee what he wants – Financially, no, either I, you know, and like it's, I'm
2: I'm looking at this more from a just not. Oh, I think
1: Chicago's where he puts yeah. Up the, where would he if he just said,
2: I, if I here's the choice: go win more or go put up the most numbers." I think it's Chicago, Chicago. where he
1: does that. Okay, the, they're, they're set up. I was they, going to say Chicago or Carolina for that sure. way. Uh, KC, he would put up a ton of numbers in the passing game, right? Like yeah, the, the the short passing performance there, and they would add more speed. People have mentioned Miami too. I understand that while you mentioned the Dolphins because again, that's another run heavy team and offense and a structure. It's just, uh, everybody's got two or three guys that are capable of being serviceable. If you have a quarterback that can spin it and pick up and move the chains through the air. If you've got that, and then most of the leagues have financially gone in that direction. uh, If you're not that you already have a back that you feel okay with that can lead your offense. And you're just hoping you don't have any injuries in camp that force you to pick up the phone and call Indianapolis. Who's going to suck this year without Jonathan Taylor? They, they also, Indy would also need a back in return. That's the other they thing. They need with something. This. They need help for Anthony Richardson in year one. Coming up, Kurt Schilling in a little over 10 minutes, but first, time to get strange. Let's get weird with Davey Hudson. And five, four,
0: three, two, one, zero talking now. Hutton really struggling right off the bat, you know. Uh,. No, Hutton, you did say strange, and I teased yesterday there was a story about a catfish which involves stranger things. I will tell that one in a minute. Okay. But there's something that I've been pondering all day, and I don't want to be the only one to be thinking about this, so I'll make everyone else uh, be subjected to it as well. But I realized that we're actually closer to 2040 now than we are to 2006. Whoa.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just had to do the math in my head. I don't like that.
1: So, but it has th- me thinking: if uh, will we, Chad, will we be alive in 24? Uh, probably not. Uh, my oldest daughter will
2: be 25 in 2040. 2040. That's crazy to think
1: about, and Thanks, we're closer Davey. to yep. that than 2006. Davey throws this out because he's still feeling spry and young, and coming off a week's vacation.
2: Davey in 2006 was what? Six? Uh, sixth grade. Sixth grade. Yeah. It's uh, 2006 feels like yesterday to me <laughs> uh, when sexy back
1: with Justin Timberlake growing came a mustache out. in sixth grade back in 2006. Davey yeah. was he was that that kid. Good Davey times. was the
2: kid throwing 80 from the short mound <laughs> in baseball with a mustache. Then Davey's a tall guy. He was, he was probably the same height when he was in sixth grade as he is now. Fast grower. What did you get your growth spurt, Davey?
0: Between sophomore and junior year. I mean, I was always a little bit taller. But as far as uh, I think getting over that six foot. Hump. It would what have been. About, been sophomore what about you, hump, When
1: did you reach your max height? Yeah, junior year, probably junior senior year. Yeah, I, think, I was probably five eleven. Then I'm six one now.
2: I think mine was sophomore year. Um, I had a big growth spurt between seventh and eighth grade. I know I went from five seven to six foot seventh to eighth grade, and I went from six foot to six two in ninth grade, six two to six three in tenth grade. Uh, imagine that. Being
1: that a, the, the freak athletes that you know sprout seven. You know, they grow seven inches in a, a year yeah, span. I
2: always wanted that story of the guy who's like the point guard
0: because he's so short
2: and then, and then he gains 10 inches and now he's got point guard skills, but he's 6'9". That, yeah. That's the player I wanted to be. N- never got that, though.
0: You weren't Magic Johnson?
2: Exactly. <laughs> okay. What I'm saying is, Davey, I really want to be Irvin Magic Johnson. That's yeah. exactly
0: it. Uh-huh. We,
1: were, we were all Mugsy Bogues.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know Winning Time is popular right now. Uh, oh, show. Tim Legler. Uh, we've been... We've been talking about a little bit off air, though, and just when are they ever going to get it done at Stranger Things, but that leads me into my first story for today, where uh, there was a woman who, she just goes by the name Michaela, and she went on the YouTube channel of Catfished and detailed how she was catfished by Dockery Montgomery. Now, uh, Dockery ended up playing Billy Hargrove in uh, seasons two, seasons three of Stranger Things, and... You know, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you might get catfished, but to what extent? And I mean, and sometimes in life, you just have to take a gamble. Well, it turns out she ended up divorcing her husband, and then the guy pretending to be Montgomery ended up taking $10,000 from her. So, you know, it's just really a one lump on top of the other whenever it comes to this. So she
2: thought the guy she was talking to was the actor from Stranger Things? Yes. Okay, so it wasn't the actor from Stranger Stranger Things catfishing her. It was someone pretending to be him, right? Correct. Okay. I just wanted to make that clear. Because when I first saw this, I am why is this dude, this hot guy from Stranger Things, yeah. out there catfishing lonely women? Yeah, he's so also... It was someone else using his identity. He's also... I want to see what
1: this dude, the catfisher, looks like.
0: Um... Yeah, that, there's no telling there, but I, I do know uh, Montgomery, he dates uh, Liv Pollock, who I can't really name anything off the top of my head that she's been in, but she's also a model, you know, one of the top-looking people in Hollywood style. So, uh, Michaela, yeah, it was just like one thing after the other, and she's like, oh, we well, told me this, and I thought only the poor actor would girl. know, and so poor girl. there's some things where... Uh, there's a trend where somebody will just do a deep dive on a person in particular, like somebody famous, and then just like know all these little details and then try to trick these people with thinking, oh, wow, well, only the person that's actually saying that that's claiming to be this person would know these things when really it's you're
1: just stupid. So it's like uh, why you believe John Edwards talks to those on the other side. Yeah, be Pretty honest, much. Davey. Have you done this? <laughs>
0: No, uh, can, can, I've never. Have you
1: also chatted with Marcus Sopo?
2: Yeah, you're a huge <laughs> Stranger Things guy. You would know the cast very well. You've never pretended to be one of the boys from Stranger Things.
0: Can't say that I have. I've, I've never, uh, you know. I mean, I'm all about honesty here, guys. So I've, I've yeah. never tried to catfish somebody. That's good. Never been catfished, even though we are. I am uh, working on that for you guys currently to see see what will happen. Uh, no, in my luck the though, lure it's is like in the water. Well, no, in my luck, what would what would happen is I actually think I'm getting catfished, but it turns out it's yeah. just somebody that's actually incredible. Uh, but I, I go into it with the idea that there's no way this is real until hopefully How many, in the end it I works think me out. and a
2: buddy invented catfishing and didn't even know it in like 1995 on AOL <laughs> Messenger. We, well, without a, without an was, email address. We were in seventh or eighth grade, and his mom had a computer in AOL, and we would chat with like high school, college-age girls <laughs> and pretend to be like college basketball players we
1: knew. Did you know they in were In the chat. <laughs> did you believe, did you know they were To get them to talk to us. Oh, know? we had
2: no idea. There's not even pictures. Yeah, like, so you
1: could have also been catfish. Yeah, at the we're same
2: just time. talking with some girl named, you know, Kristen or whatever yeah. in the chat like yeah, some bet dude she seems named high. Christian. Describe yourself.
1: Yeah, that, that would be the like describe what you look like. Final minute here, guys. How many how many followers this is ex- especially on Facebook when you get in a, uh, someone's adding you as a friend. Okay. And you have a you request. How many how many followers do they need before with without any question that they're real and not a bot,
0: I don't even think it's a follower thing for me. I mean, I, I mean, if, if I had like to put 15, a number on it, I don't buy. Yeah, over a thousand,
2: around a thousand. I'd say. What do you think, Davey?
0: A hundred. I mean, I mean yeah, g- give me a hundred, but it's more of just like what's actually on that profile and being yeah. able to spot. Like, I know this isn't a I person to, that would post this picture. Yeah. Uh, these comments that have been left. Like, I, I can I just used read to be able into to what's, judge
1: it based on mutual friends. But now I can't even judge well, that anymore.
0: Yeah. They, I think that's still a thing on Facebook. I don't know how yeah, they ever get on there. But
1: my, my entire friend request is nothing but either strippers who are real or AI who is trying to get like me to buy new... Uh, friends.
2: It's like fake versions of your actual friends that have dual accounts.
1: Yeah, except they don't... I guess they don't message. Otherwise, no one would complain. Everyone would be catfish. It's a good deep dive today. Good job, Davey got us thinking. Kurt Schilling joins us coming up. He believes the Yankees, they're going to hand out some pink slips. We'll dive into that. Plus, what are the Orioles doing with ownership? That's next.